What's up, you guys? Welcome to the September 25th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to break down some actual basketball news, not games yet, but we have a ton to digest here with Media Day on Monday. With me to break all this stuff down, and there's a lot of it, is Tommy Beer. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? We definitely have things to discuss, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Um, you, Jonas, and Jared and I, we've been cranking out blurbs the past two days. I think we're at like 150 or something uh, since Monday morning. Uh, yeah, just hit up the player news page. It's got everything you need. Uh, we're, all the buzz guys we're hitting, everything we're hearing about young players and rotations, even just weird stuff uh, that we think has fantasy relevance. We're trying to just set you guys up, uh, but also, too, the draft guide. Uh, we've, we're already at 30 columns, constantly updating the rankings. i got to up Jonathan Isaac a little bit more now. DeJounte, we'll talk about him, uh, constantly updating that. So, yeah, it's, it's basketball season, man. I, I, my life has a purpose now. Basketball season, the start of basketball season makes my nipples hard. <laughs> nice. I just can't do it. If, if you are, are not fully committed to basketball yet, and I understand, I love fantasy football too. How'd your teams do, by the way? Uh, decent week. Uh, the one thing is my main league, I am 0-3. I have the fifth most points, but I am 0-3. Uh, so try to stay patient, but uh, it's getting a little bit uh, a little frantic right I'm now. I'm in a similar boat. I'm, my main league, I'm 1-2. I have Pat Mahomes, and I'm still 1-2. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm playing the wrong guys, and, man, it's, I have Marquise Goodwin, too, and that would Garoppolo out the bad news. So, yeah, yes. if your team aren't doing well, uh, go to draft uh, or draft.com. So hit promo code RW, play for free. You could make, make a new team uh, and still play with the, the snake style so you don't have to worry about ownership percentages and all that. It's a whole kind of a horse of different color. Again, just go to draft.com or draft. And then also, yeah, just uh, if you are in basketball mood, draft guide, draft guide, draft guide. It's going to be the best ever. Um, Jonas is adding a, an auction that he did for a pro league. And it, it's going to be crazy. We're going to do a lot of, we're probably going to have like 15 mocks in there when it's all said and done when we're drafting and three, four weeks. It's crazy. So, NBA Media Day, one of my favorite days of the year, and uh, you were at the Knicks Media Day, so I'm going to hand it to you first. Uh, obviously, the Chris Stapps things, I know about a month and a half ago, or two months ago, I think you said you were over-rendering at like 35 games on KP, so starting with that, um, how do you feel about that number and just overall Porzingis' upcoming season? Yeah, I think I said that I would take the under if it was set at 35, and, and I and I definitely would would stick with that prognostication. Um, KP, uh, not really much to glean. You know, you ha- kind of have to read between the lines. But the the main thing being that um, he was, uh, you know, over and over again, uh, you know, just reiterating the fact that he wanted to be as patient as possible. You know, obviously he admitted that he wanted to rush back and get back on the floor as soon as possible, but the people around him. Um, are are he trusts the people around him and they're and they're insistent that he not come back. Um, in fact, he didn't say 100 percent; he said 110 percent. Um, so uh, and the Knicks uh, front office kind of echoed similar sentiments um, in, in their press conference uh, last Thursday. Um, they understand that KP is the face of the franchise. The guy's coming back from a, from an ACL tear, and kind of the thing that he talked about that made his situation unique was that he's seven foot three, obviously, and there's never been a player. Um, that uh, any of his, you know, medical trainers could find. There's there's no similar, uh, comparable case uh, to a seven three player tearing an ACL. So he's, you know, he said it's kind of unique, and they're taking a conservative approach. Um, and uh, again, I, I think that the the safest bet is is around the All Star break. 
Um, uh, you know, and you also got to keep in mind the fact that the Knicks will probably be 15, 20 games under 500 by that stage of the game, um, well out of the playoff, uh, you know, well out of playoff competition. Um, so they really will really have no reason to rush him back. Obviously, they want to get it back on the floor late in the season. You would think, even though he said it's a, you know, he kind of intimated that it's a possibility he missed the whole season. I would be very surprised if that was the case, um, because I think just for his mentality, psychologically, um, and also to, you know, attract free agents next summer. They want to show that, you know, KP is, is no longer injured and nothing, you know, didn't suffer a setback and is kind of on course um, to can resume his career. Um, but but all that being said, um, I am not optimistic on KP. Um, and again, we've also talked about when he does come back, we, we can very safely assume he'll sit out back to backs, play limited minutes in games that he does play and start. Um, so I think, um, you know, KP is a, a guy that I very likely won't draft in many leagues. Somebody will reach for him. I would probably assume in the 90s, around 100, something along those lines. And it's probably a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah, a few things I'll add. Uh, one point I thought that he made was important. Like it's, it's out of my hands. It's mm-hmm. all up to the medical staff. And again, if 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 they actually don't trade for Jimmy Butler here, and they are showing they want to commit to the future, then I mean, tank it up. Don't plan yep. much. Um, again, rest him any any opportunity you can. Like you said, not the whole season, maybe. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he's he's a unicorn. Uh, I know unicorns may not have ACLs. I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's definitely a new experience. And yeah, every every single indication is like, okay, no rush here. So uh, a couple other things. One player that got talked up, and man, he was one of the most impressive guys in Las Vegas Summer League. That's Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Trey Burke compared him to a younger Shaquille O'Neal, but skinnier. Uh, so what was your takeaway on Mitch Robin? I guess he's really... He's one of a handful of guys that you spend your last pick on, and hopefully he's good. There's another guy who I'm starting to like a little bit more. I'll talk about him in a second. But what do you think about Mitch Rob? Yeah, the, that ideal lottery ticket you could, that you're going to buy late in your draft. I really, really, really like his upside, especially dynasty leaguers. This is a guy you want um, on your dynasty team. Now we mentioned Porzingis being obviously out. Um, that opens up some minutes at the four. Uh, Ennis Cantor, you know, obviously we know what he can do. He'll play consistent minutes. Um, but outside of him, there's very little depth on the Knicks front line. Um, Luke Cornett will get some minutes. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously he's not, you know, a key part of the future. Um, you know, with the Noah situations, you know, assuming he gets waved and stretched sooner rather than later. Um, it sounds like it's only a matter of days. Uh, Noah Vonley will get some minutes up front. But but again, there's there's a definite um, opportunity for Mitchell Robinson. I actually asked uh, Scott Perry, the GM, his thoughts about potentially because, you know, when they drafted him, the thought was. You know, get a few minutes in Vegas, um, come in, you know, see see what he can do in training camp, um, and then spend, uh, you know, a month in the G League, kind of get some seasoning. Remember, this guy hadn't played in an organized basketball game um, in 16 months. At the time they drafted him, he sat out the, the, his entire freshman season to train on his own. Um, but as you mentioned, he blew, the, you know, um, averaged four blocks a game in Vegas. Um, which was a, a summer league record, um, nearly a double-double, you know, blocks and rebounds. Um, talk to the guys, you know, Kevin Knox and, and Trey Burke, you mentioned some other guys that had, had played pickup with him and, and just were very impressed by him. I love his upside from a fantasy potential. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think I currently have him ranked around 120 um, on my overall list. Um, but if, uh, you know, it's definitely a guy that, that I'm planning on rostering. Um, it's, I, hopefully I'll play in more deeper leagues so I have a chance to own him. Um, there's definitely a lot of upside there. Yeah. If, uh, again, he's probably – do you think he cracks the rotation right off the bat? I do. Okay. I do. I got the sense that he's going to get some, some playing time right off the bat. They're going to kind of throw him into the deep end of the pool. Um, Fizdale's big on nobody is, you know, guaranteed to start a position, let alone a spot in the rotation. So I could definitely see him giving him, you know, 12, 15 minutes a night. 
Um, just kind of seeing how he does. If he can't handle it, which is a possibility. Again, the kid's raw. We'll see how he handles it. You know, off the off the court and on the court. Um, but I but I think there is an upside for him to earn consistent minutes, and I think he will get um, so get some decent, you know, um, 10, 15 minutes a night uh, to start the season. Nice. So yeah, that's definitely if he can block anywhere close to his block rate in Vegas, he's going to have value off the bat. Uh, one other player that I thought was interesting to talk about was Super Mario. Uh, he said his sweet spot is everywhere on the court because he's Super Mario, so it's nice to get some Mario Brothers basketball-related stuff other than other Mario Brothers-related things. <laughs> um, but, um, so what do you think? I, 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 I've said this a couple of times. I go into every draft thinking I'm going to draft Mario, and I, I, I very rarely do. Like 20% of the time, I want to say, in my, in my mocks. Like, how do you feel about drafting him? How aggressive would you be? Uh, and then do you want anything about him yesterday? Uh, he was good personality. I was I was surprised. I hadn't uh, – he, he just um, – you know, it's, I'm, I'm always impressed when guys can speak three or four different languages, come from a different country, you know, 18, 19 years old, um, and, and how, well they, how well they can dress. Obviously, he's been in the league three years already. Um, but uh, had a maturity about his game, uh, about himself. Um, and, and, you know, was ready to, you know, really seem committed to taking the next step. I'm a little bit less optimistic on Mario than some. Um, a little bit worried about the playing time because the Knicks do have some depth on the wing. Um, where's Courtney Lee going to find minutes? Um, is Damon Dotson going to play it all? Um, there's been some talk about Neil Aquina playing next to Burke and Moutier. Um Lance Thomas is a you know a veteran that I assume Fisdale is going to want to get some playing time and you know he's he's a guy that promotes defensive intensity and and, and that's exactly what Thomas brings to the table. Um, but also Mario could play some minutes at the four, um, you know playing alongside Kevin Knox. Um, uh, you know you, that 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 front line of of Knox, Azonia, and Mitchell Robinson is extremely interesting. Um, I could see that getting some burn with the second unit. So um, yeah, I think right around uh, you know one fifteen to one twenty five is probably where I have slotted Mario. I think he'll probably go higher than that in a lot of drafts. Um, but um, you know, so I'm not reaching for him. But I'd definitely be happy to take him if, if he's uh, on the board in later rounds. He's always like my backup plan. Like I always yeah. have a guy I want to take and he's right there. I'm like, eh, maybe Mario will fall. He never does. Like you said, right around 100. Um, right. So, yeah. Right. I, he said after 100, I'm down. But look, there's a couple other guys I'm just a little bit higher on. Um, one last thing on the Knicks. On... But then somebody else comes up and be like, ah, yeah, maybe I'll just take the higher rated guy. For know? sure. Um, just quickly on Nilakina, I know he said he's a little bit taller. You mentioned him playing more on the wing. I mean – I've said this a couple times. Like Fisdale seemed like really subdued when he was describing Nilakina. Was there any sense of excitement about him or anything like that yesterday? There was, but there's also Trey Burke is kind of. I don't want to say he's he's. I think he's the safe bet for a starting point. I thought there were. I thought there was a chance and decent hope that Nilakina would would be named the starting point guard and just kind of sink or swim and you know really get thrown to the deep end of the pool. Um, but Fisdale, as you mentioned, yeah, I think subdued is a, is a good way to mention it. Um, what Fisdale said was he just basically wants to let Frank be Frank, to borrow a Westbrook phrase, oh, nice. um, and that try to pigeonhole him into whether he's a shooting guard or a point guard or a combo guard or you know he can play some wing. Um, just he. I got the sense that Fisdale doesn't have an exact sense of what he has in this kind of raw piece of clay with really long arms and great defensive instincts. Um, So I I think he's going to kind of let itself figure it out. Um, You know, Tim Hardaway obviously is going to get the he's going to start a shooting guard and get a ton of minutes um, and and plenty of shot attempts. Um, So I think uh, Neil Akina is going to find a way to fit in. And and Fisdale also seems kind of dedicated to to, um, reestablishing 
Moutier's value. So we'll see. I think there's a little bit of a crunch there in the backcourt. Um, you know, Ron Baker's also getting paid, you know, more than basically those three guys combined. Um, could he earn some, you know, five or ten minutes off the bench? That would complicate things even further. Um, so I'm not quite as high on Neil Aquina. Um, I still love his, um, you know, his long-term prospects. Um, but And he did say that he's, you know, willing to shoot more threes and he's going to come in with more aggressiveness and he thought too much last year. Um, so he's, he's saying all the right things. Um, but but I think, uh, and, you know, unless you need a steel specialist, um, I think I'd probably take Burke ahead of Neil Aquino right now, which is probably where I, I, I wasn't there um, as of a week or so ago. Yeah. All right, so moving on. What really has been, I thought, the biggest story of yesterday, and I hate to say this because these guys burn us all the time, and I know Jared was on the pod a while ago. He's like, I refuse to draft Kings just because their rotation's so messy, but... Uh, yesterday, Dave Yeager said he's going to commit to playing his younger guys. Said, "quote We're excited about the young guys we have, and we're going to commit to playing more young guys than we have in the past." So that's kind of a stunner. Um, we saw them kind of tail off late in the season last year, but like right off the bat, he almost said that Zebo may not be in the rotation. I mean, this is fantastic. And also, another big quote was they called De'Aaron Fox the franchise guy. So I've been I've been semi aggressive on Fox. I've been taking him probably like forty percent. Probably going to go like closer to 60% now. I'm really going to go after him. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the injuries, but again, Jaeger's always been a really slow coach. Not as far as his pace, I mean. Um, you know, just t- traditional two bigs. They talked about playing Justin Jackson at the four lot and just really opening up the offense for Fox. Um, they're trying to put him in the best position to succeed that he can. So, like I said, um, I would take Fox over Mario. I would take Fox probably like 85 if push comes to shove and I need a point guard. Um, I'm kind of buying this. Um, I hate to do this. I feel like I'm going to be a sucker for this. You know, I feel like I feel like I could, this could definitely burn me. Like I feel like Jaeger flip flops a lot on his things like that. But you know, hearing it day one from media day, it, it's I'm kind of buying. What about you? I'm not. No. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 I think it's sorry about that. Um, I think it's one of those hashtag sources right there. Someone's trying to tell you that you're wrong, man. <laughs> Um, I think uh, the thing with I have him I think I have him outside 115 actually which I know is a lot higher than most Um, I just uh, I understand that is before um, the the quotes from media day but again I'm not going to read too much into media day Um, I I think it's a situation where obviously he's the you know former lottery pick um, top five pick they want to you know you know, get it, get it as much out of him as possible. Um, but when you look at that depth chart, um, uh, you know, with, with you, especially with signing Yogi to, to a decent contract there and Frank Mason, um, played well last season. I'm just not willing to go in, even if he gets a ton of minutes. Um, he, he's not, not a particularly efficient offensive player. Um, you know, not a great assist guy. Um, not a terrific steals guy. You think he would have more being his defensive instincts. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm shying away from Fox. I assuming that, um, I, I settle with him around 115, 120, um, on my personal sheet, um, that, that will prevent me from drafting many league and, and I think I'm okay with that. Alright, so let's see how low we'll go here. Um, would you rather have, if you want to rank these guys, sorry to put you on the spot, um, Chris Dunn, Darren Collison, Colin Sexton, and De'Aaron Fox, any of that four? Some, you don't have to rank them. Is someone you like the most or the least of that four? Uh, I got Dunn at 67. Jeez, um, dude. Yeah. That's high. I, I, a little bit of a hot take You're there. the high man there on it for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I'm on okay. I'm, I'm, I'm buying. Uh, I got Collison in 102. Okay, so um, you're with me. I don't. I hate Collison. I refuse. Yeah. And I know yeah. um, Ryan likes him a little bit. Uh, Jonas likes him a lot. 
Um, he set a career high in three-point percentage that, that equated to a lot of his value. I don't think he'll match. I think he'll come back down third. So, yeah, we're kind of on the same page there. Um, so I probably – I would go Dunn, Collison, Fox, uh, Sexton. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably go uh, – I'm, I'm in on Fox. And I'm not really high on the other th- the three. I'm, not, I'm in on Sexton. I'd probably go Fox, Sexton, Dunn, Collison. And they're all wow. super close. Okay. Like okay. They, I've, I'm again. They're not spaced. Like you have like a about a sixty spot range there, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah mine's I've... probably like sixteen for all gotcha. four of those guys. I don't have my rankings in front of me, but um, it's kind of interesting. And yeah, they're they're all kind of need dependent. They're all kind of a little bit of different of what they could bring to the table. Um, what about the other kings? Uh, again, I think this is great. I've been I haven't really been too aggressive on Giles because there's another bigs I like, like Mitchell Robinson. I'm taking over him over Giles. Um, I mean, anybody else, Bagley as well, was hurt in Summer League. Um, he said he kind of learned a lot from sitting on the bench. He's healthy now. That's good news for him. Uh, I'm not touching Willie Cauley-Stein at all. Uh, I think, you know, they say he's going to be more consistent and all that stuff. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see his upside. Scalabissier is coming in great shape. Again, I feel like he's kind of missed his window. I feel like they're going to give Giles and Bagley the chance. Especially, we saw how, I mean, Bagley and Giles, Giles in particular... He ran the floor exceptionally well in Summer League. That was like the, my biggest takeaway on him, was him running the floor. So I feel like all these quotes are saying, like, okay, Harry Giles is the guy we want to have out there. Facilitated a little bit when I saw some of his workouts. Really great ball distributor. So I feel like he's the guy. Uh, just, again, probably the best pure talent, um, number one prospect out of high school before he got hurt at Duke. Um, so any other takes on... And then also Buddy Heald, too. Uh, I'm down to take Buddy Heald. I wasn't too aggressive. Uh, I usually get him probably 20% of the time. But I feel like that number's got to come up, too. Uh, I feel like with the Bogdan injury, um, with him wanting to play point guard, the Jaegers said they were going to play him at point guard, but the injury to Bogdan, that kind of um, curtailed that plan. So, I mean, he'll, again, two years in a row, he's been just terrific down the stretch. Uh, so, a guy that doesn't really get the appreciation he deserves for fantasy. So, I'm, it feels weird to like Kings, man. Like, this is, I feel like I'm in, like, a bizarre world. But you, uh, want I do. Hot, you want a hot take? Oh, yeah? You got one? I got I got Buddy ahead of Lonzo. That's I, I'm down. Yeah, I I think I agree with you, man. I think I yeah. agree with you. I got Buddy just I, right next. I, I definitely agree with you, actually. Okay, good. Um, so not as hot as I thought, but I, yeah, I got Buddy ahead of Jaron Jackson, Lonzo Ball. Um, just a couple of the names there. I have them at 86. Um, okay, so, yeah, I've got him. I, I did his blurb. I said he should go about 75. I mean, that's okay. I think yeah. So I think I'm all right. Maybe so hotter I mean, than I, you are. I thought I was hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not um yeah especially with, with, with bogey um dealing with his little issue um although it doesn't sound like he should be sidelined for you know more than you know, obviously the 46 weeks he should be back um but uh yeah that so i do like buddy i'm hesitant uh to invest uh, any 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 draft capital in the in the bigs yeah. um bagley has some upside but i don't love his game I, you know it's sort of one-dimensional um, unless he can knock down some threes he's not going to give you many blocks uh, i don't see him giving you many steals um you know not a great defensive player um giles i love his upside but what you know what kind of, are they are they committed to playing him consistently 20 plus minutes a night um playing them back to backs etc or are they going to you know kind of ease him into action here um scal ditto um i just think there's there's a lot of competition there for minutes among young guys even if they don't play zach and, and costa um and for that reason i actually like willie coley stein more than you do um uh, centers you know de- center depth um, I currently have Willie at 130, so I'm not going to reach for him. Um, but again, you know, one of those 12th, 13th rounders. Um, uh, I, I do like his upside. Uh, he had some interesting quotes. Um, if you check out the blurb and click on the link, I didn't really get get into depth when I blurbed about it. 
Um, but he was adamant about getting paid. He basically said it in 15 or 20 different ways. Any way you can say it, I'm getting my money next summer. So uh, he's I'm gone, to- dude. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. I-, I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's Especially- what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if everyone knows he's gone, I feel like maybe they could trade him. True. True. So maybe maybe they could trade it somewhere where he uh, could benefit. But I, I just don't. I just don't see him being in the hierarchy for their plans in the future. Like again, they just invested. So much uh, into this position, uh, with again kind of counting Giles as a pick this year, even though it was last year. Like right. it's just it's just a, a, a signal saying, "Hey, what up? You didn't do your job again." Last year was a make or break. I said this multiple times, but um, yeah, I just don't see it. Um, they have a ba- you kind of piqued my curiosity here. Um, they have a couple early back to backs, uh, so they have a back to back on October twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty ninth, thirtieth. So a couple of early back-to-backs. I feel like there's not many teams with two back-to-backs in October. I know that Houston has like one or two or two as well, but but that was interesting. But yeah, they have a and they have one on the on the first November first. So three games and four nights there. So you would think Giles probably sits one of those. That's on a road trip too. So I feel like the um, the Kings would probably they like to play their guys at home. So we'll see. All right. So another star of Media Day was another star of this podcast. The guy we talk about all the time. That's Dejounte Murray. Um, overarching theme was leadership uh coach greg popovich says he has plenty on his plate now murray was talking about how he's looking forward to being a leader and like telling lamarcus aldrich that was a bad shot and why it was a bad shot which is like every shot lamarcus takes is a bad shot just kidding but um no nah, i mean man the days of getting Dejounte at like 100 were so nice and now you can't now you got to go probably like up to 65 70 i still think it's worth it you've heard my hot take i, t- I got Dejounte over Kyrie uh for a multitude of reasons but I'm just sold. I don't think he's going to be very good for three-pointers. Talked about improving that. I mean, he just needs to be, like, okay. So if he's, like, 33%, that's good. Just to give him a little bit, um, make them challenge him and play up on him at least a little bit. So um, I'm definitely so, so in on DeJounte. I feel like the minutes are going to be way higher. 32, 33. Usage is going to come up. Uh, he's going to be among the lead leaders in steals. He's going to probably get seven, eight boards from the guard position. I just feel like even without the three-pointers, I think he could be... Westbrook light, like I've been calling him. Uh, yeah, we're we're on different pages. I, I shouldn't say that. I'm not. Um, you know, I have him around 75, so it's not like I, you know, I, I have him much lower. I don't think I I wouldn't reach 65 or 70 um, to grab him. Um, as far as minutes played, want to play the point guard game again? Before you <laughs> dive in. Uh, what about? See, I would take him over Conley. You probably disagree with me. I would definitely disagree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, D'Angelo. I have him one spot ahead of D'Angelo. I have D'Angelo 76, I think. Okay, so. we'll talk about D'Angelo, too. Um, Drogic, DSJ, any of those guys? I would take Drogic and uh, probably Murray ahead of DSJ. Okay. Dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I went off on DSJ on my Friday pod. I'm buying it, dude. Are you? 94th percentile on unguarded jumpers, 14th percentile on guarded jumpers last year. You would take Murray ahead of DSJ, though, no? DeJounte? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got him probably like four or five point guard spots up there. But I want them both hard. Anyway, yeah. sorry, cut you, if you wanted to. What were you going to say? Uh, it's my fault. I cut you the off. Minutes, the yeah. minutes played last year. There was the, no guard played more than 26 minutes um, for the Spurs last season. Uh, Patty Mills played 25.7. Kyle Anderson played 26.7. Um, and and Mark, LaMarcus Olds played 33.5. But again, um, as, as far as backcourt, pure backcourt guys, Patty Mills was high there at 25.7. Um, does Derek White get some minutes this season? They invested a first-round pick in him. Yes, um, he he's, does. I like he's, him a lot. He's shown some flashes. 
Um, you know, Bryn Forbes is one of those guys that'll get some minutes. Lonnie Walker um, will get some minutes alongside DeRozan. So I don't see them playing too many um, two point guard, you know, lineups. I think they'll, you know, they, they have plenty of point guard depth there. Um, so that being said, um, I'm, I don't see Murray. I, I would say if I had to go over under 27 minutes, I would say maybe under, you know, or under, I'd say around 27 um, would, would be his ceiling in terms of minutes played. Wow. He played 20, yeah. 26.9 last year after the break. Did he? So he fit, he for the whole year he was at twenty one something. Yeah, he picked up late. Right. Um, I'll add one more thing. Pop said and Dejounte both said that last year was basically his rookie year, and I mean Pop doesn't play rookies, so I feel like that his year of growth. Like I, if I set the over under, I'm probably saying thirty two, man. Like I think he's gonna so, get big burns. You think Patty Mills is gonna get his minutes come from cut from twenty seven to twenty ish, and Derek White is. Where does Derek White find playing time? I mean, they're going to play more three-guard lineups. I think they're going to play a lot, a lot of Rudy Gay at the four. So I feel okay. like that is why things are going to really open up for him. So they're going to play Patty okay. kind of off-ball. Patty's always been a really good off-ball guy right. anyways. Sure. So I feel like that works too. And DeJounte's sure. going to have so many opportunities to have the ball in his hands. Um, it's, again, he's not – hope. actually, I hope his usage rate's kind of low because um, that means if it's, if it's high, his turnovers are high. Right. So, right. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I mean, I was surprised you went to 27, man. That's – that's pretty. That's kind of bold. I feel like most people say he's over thirty. Yeah, I would say under thirty. I say twenty-seven, twenty-eight is probably the range that I, that I think. Okay. End okay. Yeah, I still, I still think that's too low. Yeah. Yeah. I hear. But yeah. Yeah. That's that definitely. Uh, it's, it makes sense. I mean, we know Popovich is hard. Right. To, who's, who's the last? You know, the last point guard to average over twenty minutes. You know, yeah. when when when's the last time Tony did? You know. Yeah, but then I think it's a product of his age too. So this is kind of a, a new frontier as well. So. But uh, yeah, um, so anything else Spurs-wise? Um, they said that they don't want to tweak uh, DeMar DeRozan's game. I mean, no surprise there. They said they try to adjust Marcus, love Marcus Aldridge, and it didn't work out. But um, yeah, anything else you kind of got from Spurs? There wasn't really too much besides DeJounte. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I just went back four years um, and no no point guard over 28, no, no guard over 20 minutes nice. since 2014. All right, so maybe we'll do a, a gentleman bet or something on that. <laughs> yes. I feel pretty strong he's getting to 30. All right. Um, what else? Okay, so moving on to let's talk some magic. Again, my, my boy, uh, I come away with him probably 90% in drafts, uh, and that's Jonathan Isaac, one of my favorite targets now that I can't get Jared Allen in round four anymore. Um, but Evan Fournier really talked him up because he's, he's going to be an X factor. Uh, and then President Jeff Weltman said he's going to be a facilitator, going to be the guy to take the next big leap. Uh, instincts are uncanny. I mean, we saw him in summer league. I mean, it just feels like uh, Clifford had talked about what a strong offseason he's had. If he stays healthy, man, I, I just think that Isaac could just be such a star uh, for fantasy. Like, I, 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 I've I, been calling him uh, Fender Bender because he's mini crash mm-hmm. uh, okay. for Joe Wallace. I like so I kind of like that nickname. But um, where are you at? I don't, I don't know if you've had you on for Isaac very much. I feel like you, you may have escaped the Isaac talk when you're on the pod. Yeah, yeah. I think I got a little taste of it. Um, I got him right around 80. Okay, um, yeah. I'm in like 60s. 60s, yeah. So, you know, I don't think we're too far apart there. Um, uh, I do think I'll get him a lot. If I, I think I have him at 83 overall. Um, so I expect to get him uh, in non-Roto World Leagues, any league that I'm in with yeah. you. 
Um, I won't get them, um, but I, but I think that you know the rest of the world is is a little bit slow on the uptake. Um, the the more I dig in, the more I like. When you look at a steal rate, block rate, three point rate um, last season, there's just so much there. Um, tremendous upside. Again, the the injury concern does worry me. Um, you know, hopefully that ankle stays healthy all season. Um, but he's clearly a, you know a foundational piece for the Magic. Um, they're in a rebuilding year. Um, I think we're going to hopefully um, would love to see some um, Isaac Gordon Mobamba three four five lineups. Oh, we will. You know, so I, I think um, there's a there's a lot to like there, and I definitely hope I have some 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 shares of Isaac uh, this season. Yeah, and Fournier. Two things about Fournier too. I think that Fournier really talking up Isaac in the way he did. It just it looks ever they haven't quite said it official yet, but it feels like Isaac starting. Um, I feel, and they've said multiple times we want to play Isaac or the excuse me, their beat writer kind of read between the lines and said that Isaac's going to be more of a three on offense and a four on defense. Gordon the reverse of that, um, and then yeah, I mean his defensive stats are insane. Post break last year per thirty six three point three steals and two point two blocks. Like I'm like have to clean up my desk from drawing over those numbers. <laughs> but um, yeah, and like again the shot making thing. He sh- you know he didn't shoot too many threes, but he was a thirty nine point three percent three point shooter after the break last year. Uh, and we saw him off the bounce in Vegas. He was just, just like, first time I saw Aaron Gordon, I was like, okay, Aaron Gordon looks like he's the real deal. It was the same thing with Isaac. I was like, oh, look at him score off the bounce. Like, I feel like that's one of my favorite little, like, check marks of saying he's ready to take a step forward. And I, I just, I just, I have to have Isaac. He's he's probably, again, since uh, Allen's price is too high. Like, if I pick early fourth and you snipe me in, my, in the last mock we did, I have no shot. Like, I know now if I pick early fourth, I'm, I'm early in my draft, I'm not going to get him. Right. It makes me sad. I'm like, okay, cool, I get Cat, AD, or Jokic, but on the downside, like, Allen's not going to fall to me. Right. So, anyways, uh, and then Gordon, too. He says he wants lots of focus on rebounding, lots of focus on defense. Um, Clifford says he could be a 19-9 and nine guy. Uh, Gordon said he wants to focus on his off-ball steals. Uh, and, again, the rebounding, I think he, I think he can get to 19-9. and nine. Uh, I have – I feel like Gordon's always been, like, a consolation prize for me around four. That means I don't get Tobias, I don't get Jared Allen, I don't maybe don't get John Collins, and I'm sitting there at you know pick forty or something. I'm like, all right, I'll take Gordon. I feel like he could definitely crush. We saw him uh, first month of the season last year. He was front with like first round value, um, so I'm in on that. And then also too, just to tie this together too, um, they mentioned playing Simmons more at the one. They talked about playing um, Grant at the uh, one and two as well. So I feel like again they're gonna kind of shift down to open up minutes for him at the three. Isaac, that is, but um, yeah. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, I, th- I think we're pretty close on Gordon. I got him at 49, so, you know, just inside that top 50. So I think, uh, yeah, right around the fourth round, it makes sense for him. And then lastly, um, Booch and um, Bamba could play together at the 4 and 5. Um, I, again, Bamba, I take him at, like, 115. He falls sometimes just because he's coming off the bench. But, I mean, the guy's got super talented. Super talent with uh, the blocks and, you know, even made some threes. Offense wasn't quite as bad as we thought in summer league. So have you taken Bomba at all? Uh, I have not. I got him a little lower. I got him, I got him kind of as a last round guy. Um, you know, one thirtieth. Um, I, I understand the upsides there. I'm just worried about the minutes and the playing time. And um, Steve Clifford's been a guy that hasn't been t- too eager to, to overplay his rookies. Um, we'll see if that changes. You know, now that he's in a rebuilding situation, but something to keep an eye on. Well, at the same time, he hasn't. Besides Kemba, he hasn't really had any rookies that warranted to play minutes. True. So Good point. We'll see. Um, he, got, no. he did barely Monk last last year. 
Well, yeah, Mock was terrible. Mock was the the worst worst player uh, in the NBA for efficiency. <laughs> that's a good point. That's, dead, that's... dead last. Um, dead last out of like 400 players with 25 shots or something. Uh, anyways, moving on. But he, he was good last, at the end of last season. If I'm in a points league, I'll take a shot on Monk. True. Um, okay, so moving along here. Uh, quickly on the Blazers, Zach Collins wants to start. Uh, and Mo, surprisingly, Mo Harkless is not cleared for 5-on-5 five five yet. A guy who I was taking kind of in 14-teamers, but um, not, not anymore. I mean, he's not healthy. So what do you think about any – Zach Collins, a, a guy I like a lot. Another guy if I miss on bigs and – um, I'll consider him there. What do you think about him? Definitely agree. Love his upside. Just got to see his, got to see the playing time. What kind of role? What kind of rotation? Um, can he play some four? Can he play some five? How do they want to use him? Um, I think he's one of those guys I could see jumping off the waiver wire early in the first two weeks if he puts some 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 big numbers, you know, because um, I don't think he'll be he'll go undrafted in many leagues. Um, but it, but has a chance to. Those are one of those box score. You know the Blazers box score. That's the probably the first name I'm going to check. Mm. Um, also him and Seth Curry. See um, to see make sure they're healthy. Uh, you know as far as Curry goes, make sure he's healthy. Um, and and for Collins to, to see you know what kind of minutes he's played, get some comments and and see where he plays and with, yeah. with what. And yeah, I saw that um, Basketball Reference had put Collins as like not playing much power forward. That's that's wrong because uh, he played 787 minutes next to Ed Davis. Uh, plus 6.4 net rating there, 80 minutes with Myers Leonard, um, 50 minutes with Noah Vonley. Uh, like, yeah, he played He played a lot of power forward last year. So I think he plays even more center this year as well. So, yeah, again, uh, a guy who can block shots. So I want to see what happens there. And one other thing, too, uh, which I thought was good news for Seth Curry, was talk of playing CJ off the ball. Uh, they want to try to get him going. CJ's also, he was really good uh, catch and shoot. I think like 43.something percent on catch and shoot threes. Um, so that I think that's just good news for him. Uh, and again, they want to figure out if he can play with Nick Stauskas or Seth or, I mean, really anybody. Um, they want to they maybe get Gary Trent Jr. in there. Uh, I haven't really drafted CJ. Uh, I'm a CJ guy, but another guy who, like, I feel like he's another fourth round consolation prize. Like, okay, you didn't draft any shooting guards in the first three rounds. CJ's sitting there at like 44. Grab him. I have I have him higher than most. I I got him at thirty seven actually. Okay. I, I I'm I think there's a better chance he ranks closer to his 2016-17 numbers than the 2008-17-18. Didn't quite live up to expectations last season. Um, but just you talk about his reliability. He's the type of guy that I love drafting the third round. Um, high floor, good efficiency. Um, you know, you kind of know what to expect going to the season. Um, you know, even have a, even in a down year, he's going to finish inside the top 50. Um, so I, I like him as a, you know, right around that, that 37th pick. I actually have him um, ahead of Donovan Mitchell. So Donovan Mitchell's one of the guys that I'm real low on. Whoa, that's, yeah. that's a hot take. That's a hot, yes, I should have I should have prefaced that. Yeah. My hottest take is I have Donovan Mitchell. I think before. it's the hottest take you've ever had on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. Um, but yeah, I, I have CJ at 38. Like I said, just take him if he's there. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we're I have Gary Harris ahead of him though. Yep, Ever so yep. slow. Do you as well? Uh, I have Harris at 35. Yep. Okay, so yeah, right there. 35 exactly for me for Gary Harris. Yep. Uh, so we completely agree on Harris. Uh, anyways, uh, let's let's switch gears to the Nuggets really quick. Um, no timetable on IT. Another guy who I was routinely taking at 100. Just like every time I was like, oh, he's there. I need a point guard. Grab him. Um, so that was interesting. Can't take him now. Um, good, Great news for Jamal Murray. Great news for Harris. Great news for Barton. Uh, and then also really the big takeaway uh, was Trey Lyles at the 3. Um, it sounds like they really want to play this guy. I know Chris Dempsey, who does a great job covering the Nuggets, 
he has been talking up Trey Lyles all summer, uh, and with a guy, and he's not, you know, he's not like a kind of a company guy shrill who's just gonna like say stuff to pump guys up. Like he's made it a point that like he thinks Trey Lyles gonna have a big year. He's gonna be fourth in scoring. I mean, I buy him. I, I I think he's one of the best analysts out there for beat writers. So I, I'm interested to take Trey Lyles. It's just tough because there's so many guys I want to grab. But um, what what your what's your takeaway on Lyles or it Harris, whatever you want to say? I'm off Harris. Uh, I'm not high on Lyles. I'm, I'm I don't think I don't plan on getting him because I'm high on Millsap. Um, I think Millsap has a bounce back year. Um, could potentially be an unrestricted free agent after the season. Um, and I, I, you know, I just when you look at his numbers this decade in terms of consistency, fantasy production, um, I think he's falling a little bit further than he should. He um, slides, so I, man. Slides. So yeah. I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to slide if he's there in the sixth in the sixth round. I'm gobbling him up. Yeah, he's going to be 34 later in the season. Uh, so that's always a big minus to me. I hate guys that are kind of past the lower but 30s. But he's not kind of, you know been over a line on on his athleticism either. That's a good point. You know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's rough. He does have a full range of motion in his wrist. Did that bother him late last season? So maybe that affected him. He did have a couple big games. We have what, like a 30 pointer or something? 36 pointer uh, on the 30th of March. So it wasn't too bad. But yeah, he's gonna fall, man. This guy was going early fourth, late third last year, and you yep. can probably get him for like a seventh. Yep. So I'm I'm definitely down. I'm down with that. But uh, again, not targeting him. Like I'm taking where he goes. I'm taking Isaac. So you would take Millsap over Isaac, right? Yes. Okay. Whatever. Lame. Would you Would you take Ingles or or Millsap? Man, Ingles Ingles is so rock solid, though. I feel that's not my like. Those guys are just solid. This is not how I draft, so I'm not going to have either. But I guess I would take Millsap for the ceiling. And the thing thing too about Denver, they are going to be horrendous on defense this year. So that could put Millsap in a good spot to produce, like maybe some blocks, some steals. Defense it's going to be so up tempo. Like, just, like when you play DFS, you're going to stack the Denver game. Yeah, <laughs> like all day. Them and the Suns. They they play the Suns like the third game of the season. The over under on that game should be like one or like two fifty. <laughs> but uh, anything you want to add on? Um, are you taking Jamal Murray? I like him late fourth now. I got Murray at forty eight. Yep. Yep. So there you go, late fourth. Okay. Uh, anything else? IT completely off the board now, even if you have an IR spot? Okay, so let me, let me rephrase. So if you had an IR spot, would you use it on Boogie, Chris Stabs, or IT? Oof. I would probably go Boogie. Okay, I think I'd go Thomas first. But uh, it's close. I mean, yeah. It depends yeah. on your roster. It pretty much depends on your roster build. Like if you're set in bigs, Thomas. If you're set in smalls, yeah. Boogie. So it's super yeah. close, but we're both over the, K, the KP part. It's weird, man. I'm feeling talking negative about uh, KP. Uh, I want to talk about Frank Jackson a bit, but we'll just skip that because we're way behind. I uh, do want to talk Hornets. Again, I am Mr. Kemba. Um, Kemba is moving ever so closely to out of the teens and into the number 12 spot. Like I, I just keep falling in love with Kemba, man. Ooh. Yeah. like I had him, I think, two months ago at like 23. And he's like 14 for me now, man. Like I'm so in on Kemba. I love that they're working on a 12-second shot clock. Um, I love that he said he's going to want to stay in Charlotte. That would have been kind of a bugaboo to his fantasy value. Uh, and then my favorite set I looked up from Kemba this week was with MKG off the court, who's going to come off the bench now. Uh, yes. 6.2 true shooting boost, 4.3 assist percentage boost. Uh, I just feel like Kemba, who's been pretty durable in his career, um, he's like like Dame, man. Like He's just a Dame kind of guy. I feel he's going to have a ton of threes, not going to eye pop for assists, but 
Gonna score in the twenties. I, I just I love Kemba. Uh, I, I I have him eighteen, which I thought was kind of high, or you know, just right right around where I thought he'd go. So, um, but yes, I, I agree with you. I love the fact that they're uh, pushing the pace. Um, uh, and you mentioned uh, MKG coming off the bench. Um, that also boosts Jeremy Lamb up my my rankings a little bit. Um, I, I think Lamb's a guy that you can get very late. Um, that could that could you know outproduce his ADP by you know ten or fifteen spots. Um, just kind of a consistent um, you know low ceiling but low uh, high floor guy, relatively high floor guy for for late round pick. Um, so I, I and and again I think you you boost all the the, the Hornets up, including Willie Hernan Gomez, which I know you're you're high on him as well. Yeah. Um, I think there's some some interest, definitely some interesting. Um, uh, you know, you, it may make sense to to boost all your your Hornets up around or uh, a round, um, especially later in the draft. Yeah, um, if you're considering them. If they do run a fast offense, that's all Kemba all day. Like yep. he's set for so many career highs. I feel like he maybe gets to a seven assists for the first time, maybe clear 25 points. He's not going to be great for field goal percentage, but this guy's also a rock star at the free throw line. I mean, he's yep. routinely mid 80s. Uh, well, last year was like what eighty six percent or something. Something he was like one of the better guys. Real quick, yeah, eighty six point four year before that, eighty five, eighty five. So he shoots eighty five. Um, he gets the line five times. I think that number could go up as well. Like twenty twenty five and seven with one point two steals and three threes. Ball, baller, baller status. Like I'm, they I'm so in my only concern with Kemba is that they, the potential they could trade him. Um, right, and see that's what that's the thing I, that was the biggest takeaway for me yesterday. He was like, "I love it here." Brega says he trusts him. Kemba trusts him back. Like I'm buying all that, man. Like they made it really clear that they want him there, and he has his house there. He loves the city. Like I just, we talked about this last year at the trade deadline. Like if you're gonna trade Kemba, a guy who wants to stay, you're gonna trade a guy who's what top thirty player in the league, I guess, close. Yeah. Top Maybe, 40. Yeah, 40. Okay. I mean, you're, it just makes no sense. Like, he wants to stay there. He's a starting point guard. Like, I for hear sure. you. I hear you. D- don't disagree. I just think if they have an opportunity to dump one of those horrendous contracts and it takes Kemba to do it and they get draft picks back and kind of really kickstart. They got a new coach, you know, new GM. Um, those guys aren't. I understand that talking of Kemba now and they want to win and be competitive because they have the talent. They have the payroll that they certainly should compete yeah. for a play not be a top four seed um so they're you know but but if you know situation presents itself um it's something that they would consider i, I certainly think. i feel like they're just gonna have to ride it out until all those contracts are off the books like i feel I, like that's the the plan i agree so i think that's i think that's more likely but just something to you never continue. know uh, yep. cut, never know with the new gm2 cup check so uh and then the other real star of hornets was big time talk up uh on willie hernan gomez Brega said his ceiling is high and wide. It says he's capable of ad- averaging a double-double. So it's up to Hernan Gomez for putting the pressure on the coaching staff to give him the minutes to get the double-double. Talked about him shooting the threes. Talked about him changing his body. Talked about him just adding to his game. He liked the spirit. Like, it was like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and he also said, too, um, you know, I watch him play, and it's like, why can't this guy get more minutes? Like, yeah, that's how, like, every fantasy owner feels who's had drafted Willie. So... Free Willie. Uh, I'm taking him pretty much in every draft now, if I can. If he's, if he's there at like 130, I'm taking him. Okay. Well, that, like yeah, last I'm, pick. I've been t- I took him in the I took him on Monday that last I last week. I think you have to go higher than last pick though by by next week. I think so. I I I may have boosted him up, <laughs> hoisted by my own <laughs> petard there, but um yeah. Uh, so I guess 120. I mean I don't like round yeah my second in line. I mean I don't know. I feel like I don't have to go that high. I agree. I think one, you know, one twenty should get it done. One fifteen at the very high end of the spectrum. But he's my favorite. He's my favorite dart throw right now. 
Um, did they mention anything about who's going to start at center? Zeller? No. Or well, the- again, they, they, it's an open competition, right? But like, okay. add up this, add up, add up the evidence. They want to play fast. They want to play offense first. They want to pass the ball. He talked about Hernan Gomez being a better distributor, all this thing. So you're, who are you going to play? Him, Zeller, or Biombo? Like, I, I no, listen. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And even if doesn't, even if he doesn't start, he could definitely still see twenty minutes a night with you know competing for minutes with those guys. So. I mean, I think the coaching staff wants him to start. Like, I think it's his job. They're not going to say that, but I feel like if he comes out there and he crushes in preseason, and there's no reason why he can't, and we saw him kill in Vegas, like. Oh, if he earns the starting spot, I mean, he has top 100 fantasy potential. Definitely easy. Get those cold takes out of here, sir. You need to go like top 50, man. Top 50? I would say realistically, 65. if he starts, I'd say 75. Okay. You know, if, he, if, he, if he plays, you know, app starts and plays 26 minutes, 25, 26 minutes a night, um, I, I would almost be surprised if he didn't finish in top 75, top 80. Yep. And we saw last year he fell to number three on the depth chart, so. Yeah, he'll he'll be either draft him and you'll either have him or you'll cut him on opening night. Like, yeah. and that's yeah. fine. You're gonna you make a hundred moves or something or whatever. You make 40, 50, 60 moves in the season. Like, okay, make your first one there. Um, I, I think it's similar to drafting a, a you know picking a running back in a committee and hoping that he wins the job in the preseason and then you land us you know then you land the James Conner you know for for the for the season. You know? Nice, exactly. That's a good kind of good one, with James Conner. Uh, I want my Jamal Williams pick back so bad right now. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's see. Let's let's talk some nets. So D'Angelo Russell, another guy who's been kind of the uh, off-season star. Uh, he just looks totally ripped. Uh, said his goal is to play 82 games. This guy's knee has been a major problem ever since his Laker days. Um, I, I can't quite pull the trigger aggressively on him yet. But um, Jonas t- did a draft, did a pro league draft, and he told me he went like 80 something. Um, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how he would have fallen that far. But have you wound up with DAR yet, or what do you think about that? I have not. I have him at 76 overall, so I'm not uh, – I'm not. Uh, so 80 actually doesn't shock me. Um, I, I want to get behind him. I want to I, I invest in him. I want to like him. Um, that knee worries me. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie's presence worries me. They got Napier, a proven, solid, established vet. Um, Atkinson, you know, is known for playing, you know, spreading minutes thin and, and not giving anybody too much minutes. Um, and the other, I, he can definitely play off some ball, but they also have Alan Crabb and Levert there. Um, you know, but you so, put the you put the biggest threat last just now. You think Levert is going to take? I'll let some, you finish your point. Go ahead. But that's just my point. They they yeah. got they got five quality guards there to, to split up minutes, and I just don't see him, um, you know, being you know just dominating and, and playing thirty minutes a night. Yeah, again, I, I have to see the value. I, I, I think I would take DSJ over Russell, man. I don't know if that's... I didn't feel that way a month ago. But now I do. I feel, I feel like, DSJ, I feel like again, DSJ playing off the ball, I think he grows so much. But, um, and again, man, I was not targeting Levert, but, oh, it's hard. It's so hard to, like, buy into just quotes because we haven't really seen... I mean, you saw him, like, work out with Michigan people a little bit ago, and he looked, like, right. just eye-poppingly athletic. But... Everybody uh, from Ed Davis, Dudley, Carroll, the whole team, Atkinson, Sean Marks, they're like, yo, Levert's here to play. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I love Levert. He's, he's one of my boys. But, um, man, he falls. I haven't been targeting him. I think it's, I think, I think it sold yesterday. Uh, again, the minutes, we were always concerned about the minutes, right? Uh, can't play 30 minutes, all that. And we saw him just do so much in the stat sheet in so many different ways. But 23, 26.3 minutes last year, man, if he gets to 30, 
it's it's a wrap. Like I feel like he's going to be a top seventy five player. So uh, I'm in. Uh, I, I, again, we we said this two months ago. We're like, yeah, we need more shooting guard targets late in drafts, and we've I think we found one now. And that's Mister Levert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm hesitant on him for the same reason. Just that that guard depth. I I worried about him. You know, getting enough minutes. I think that situation needs to play itself out. I think he could be a guy starting next season. You know, kind of make the leap. But I, I still think he's going to be you know competing for you know kind of crowded backcourt. Right yeah, now. first year didn't really count. They put so many restrictions on him from the foot injury, uh, multiple foot fractures too. So that's a concern as well. But, I mean, he was just so good late in the season. Uh, I feel like he can be, get get to the line maybe a little bit more, but he looks like he can just be a difference maker out there. Definitely kind of a breakout player. Uh, Jared Allen downplayed the three-point shooting, so it's not going to be as big as people think, which is fine. I didn't, I never really bought into that too much, and I don't care. Like, I'm, if he makes no threes, I don't care one bit. Give me 12, 13 points, 11 boards, and that's the thing. They've been talking a lot about rebound, and that's why they brought Ed Davis in. So some people see Ed Davis as kind of a deterrent on Allen, I see it as positive. They want to make Allen just grow into everything. That's why they got rid of Dwight. They want to make him the man. Pick and rolls all day. Uh, they're going to run so many pick and rolls with Russell and Levert. And like, he's going to set so many screen assists. He may take the crown from Marchand Gortat there. But um, I, I, I just I just love Jared Allen. And he looks jacked, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, we, I, I'm not as high on, on Allen as you are. Um, but nobody I, but I'm nobody is. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, at that stage of the game, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. But you, you know, did snipe me on him, man. You sniped me last I, week. I did. I think I just, because I wanted to make sure I, I had a piece of him in somewhere. Um, and I maybe it's just to rub it into you. So I, sure. I, I And I knew that you were after me, so I wasn't going to get him coming oh, back. Oh, yeah. And, you knew that was my pick. Like, there was no doubt. You knew that was my pick. <laughs> no question. Yeah, yeah. Doubt, so, um, so, you know, that, that's kind of why I had to do it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks for making me feel bad. Uh, okay, so kind of the last. Uh, Dwight's hurt. I think that just, I mean, you weren't drafting him anyways. But, like, and just Thomas Bryant, anything doing anything there? Or Mark, oh, Marquise Morris kind of hinted he could play at the five a little bit. But, eh, I don't really care. Yeah, same with same. Can't okay, so we won't talk about that. Okay, so last big topic, and I knew this was going to be a long pod. Man, we talked, we, I feel good about this, what we said last week. So we were like, okay, all this evidence that, so back, backtrack to the draft. They were like, oh, we don't want to put Devin Book at the one. All this, they kept maintaining that. And then they trade Brandon Knight. And then, oh, hey, look, Brandon Knight could play the uh, um, Devin Booker could play the one now. Uh, so I feel like they're going to play him at the point. They just have such a surplus of wings. And uh, Kokoskov mentioned that, that they want to kind of utilize their strength, which is really the three and the four, and stretch it out. They mentioned that Jackson can play some two. Um, to kind of add to his defensive versatility. That's great. Obviously, he worked on his jumper. I don't really trust him to improve that much, especially with Summer League. He was terrible on offense. But I'm in on Booker. Um, I got him. So the the, um, the last mock I did with uh, the Twitter followers and stuff, I had AD, Kemba, and Booker. Like, if my draft starts that way, man, I am so happy. Uh, I'm, bi- I'm big, big, big on Booker. I think he's going to be one of the top three or four guys for total shots. Uh, I think he, my bull prediction in the guide was he scores 30 points per game this year. I think the assists are going to be there. The Suns, again, they had a 108.8 pace uh, after the break when Booker was on the floor. Just so many things could be going his way. He has a little bit more help now. Another year of Jackson. Aiton, finally decent role man who can actually score a little bit. It just it sets up so nicely for Booker. It does have that hand issue, but uh, I'm hardcore in on Booker. How hardcore? My issue with Booker is the field goal percentage, turnover categories. I think he finished 80th, around 80 overall. 
um, in, in nine cat leagues last season. Um, he just doesn't have a, a tremendously well-rounded game. If he plays point guard, that can certainly change. Um, I definitely think he is certainly top 40, top 30 potential, but I'm just not willing. I don't think I'm going to get him because I'm not willing to spend a, you know, a 25th, 30th yeah. pick. That's where he's going to go. I got him. I, at, I got him at 26. I was, yeah. I was pleased. I almost took, I, yeah. that's who I was anticipating to take at 23. Wow. But yeah, I, like you said, he's not going to be great. But um, for, I think that comes up though. Like his, his turnovers have to come down in nine cat. Like that's what, that's what killed his, his total value. Yeah. Like he had 3.6 turnovers to 4.7 assists. That's a disaster. But um, right. th- he's going to have so many chances to score. I'd like to see his free throw rate go up. This guy went 89% from the line at 6.1 attempts. So he's going to dominate there. Uh, I think would he's. Take, would you take him ahead of Wall? Absolutely. Would you take him ahead of Chris Middleton? Yes, but super close. I love Middleton. Would you take him ahead of Eric Bledsoe? Yes, I love Bledsoe too. Those are the, I I I, up, I went up with a lot of Bledsoe, a lot of Middleton, not too much Booker, but yeah. I if I if I pick late, pretty much every turn I'm taking Eric Bledsoe turn three four. Like, I I want all the Bledsoe this year. Number number nine post break last year. See, I have I have the, all those guys and Otto Porter Jr., Tobias Harris. I have all those guys ahead of ahead of Booker, so okay. I don't think I'm going to get them. Yeah, you're the low man. Even Ryan is Mister Mister Efficiency. Like he loves field goal percentage, and he he's high on Booker too. He thinks Booker's top twenty as well. So wow. we we all feel like he's going to improve in multiple areas. Like I think three threes per, three threes per game made is going to be there. Like I said, he's gonna he's gonna score he's gonna score more than twenty five, right? Yes, I would bet over. Yeah, so. But I, but you know the hand worries me a little bit going into the season and the, and the turnovers and the field goal percentage. So it's it's enough to show that I still think he'll have a good year, but I won't get him because I'm not willing to spend it. Yeah, for sure, you definitely won't get him. Um, any other Suns takeaways from this? I, I mean, this is good news for Josh Jackson. Good news for Ariza. Good news for T.J. Warren, who I'm not too into. But the only guy I've really been taking has been Josh Jackson. Agreed. It's just so complicated. I think TJ Warren's underrated. I'm just not ready to give up on him. I, I understand Jackson played so well down the stretch last season, but Warren's a proven guy. I mean, it's just a consistently proven guy. I just don't know what direction. Are they going to try to win games right away? I mean, they gave Trevor Reese $15 million. Are they going to play Ariza and Warren and Ryan Anderson minutes? Or are they going to play Josh Jackson and give Bender one last shot and, and play eight in a ton of minutes? Um, you know, are they going to give Chandler 15 minutes? Or are they just going to bench him from the start of the season and never let him get in lineup? So, you know, I'm I'm just curious to see what direction they go and and, and what what you know what uh, what their focus is. You know, I feel like this. Anderson's gonna get phased out quick. Like uh, he's supposed so. he's supposed to start, but I, I it just makes no sense to me. Like I, 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 and maybe it's, it is it's because so if he does start, it's probably good for Booker, more spacing for him yes. to really operate. So True. and it will help his assist as well. Anderson's pretty high assist percentage, assist bucket percentage. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not again. I'm not like super into him. Like I am. Like if I'm sitting there. I'm taking Kemba over Booker all day, every time. Um, what about you? Well, you obviously. So real quick, I didn't really get your take on Kemba. Let's, let's drive him home real quick uh, to end. So I have him as my point guard. I think three now. Uh, well, if you don't count Harden, so I mean, obviously you got Curry lowered. I have lowered first, uh, and then. I have Kemba, man. I have him over Ben. I have him over Chris Paul. I have him over. I- I got Paul, Drew, and then Kemba. Okay, so okay, so slotting Drew over to shooting guard or point guard. Yeah, yeah. How do yeah. you want to? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're close. Uh, I knocked Drew. I had Drew high. I had Drew like fourteen by knocking down like five spots because of his weak post uh, post break schedule stuff. I got him at sixteen. Yeah, and I'm, I, I had him. I had him at like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, I think. But now I have him at like nineteen. I'm higher in CP three than you. I got CP three at fifteen. Too. See, I'm worried he's gonna rest, man. Yeah, I don't mind resting though if that keeps him healthy all year. If I get seventy four games out of him because they rest him, I'm yeah, okay with that. I just don't want him resting late. So true, for sure. All right, and you you love Kyrie. I'm not. I'm. Ryan and I hate Kyrie. You and Jonas love him. That's going to be our little battle all season. And Otto Porter Jr. I'm high on Otto Porter Jr. I want to. Did you see that? Speaking of quotes from yesterday, um, Scott Brooks said, "Ask the media, please do me a favor. If you, whenever you talk to Otto Porter, tell him why didn't he shoot more? I wanted to yeah. shoot three. I wanted to get shots up. He needs to shoot more. We need to make more threes. He's our best shooter." In so many words, saying, "I will punch Otto Porter Jr. in the face if he doesn't shoot more." <laughs> Um, one of the most consistent, efficient three-point shooters in the league. Um, great all-around guy. Just a guy I hope that I, you know, if he's on the board in, in round three, I will scoop up all day long. I, I want a lot of shares of Otto Porter Jr. Otto or Chris Middleton? Uh, Middleton, but I'm okay. I have Middleton. I have Middleton high. I'm Middleton twenty-two. Yeah, I have him pretty high too. I have him twenty-two as well. You know what he averaged in the postseason and in the playoffs last year? Twenty-five points on fifty-seven percent shooting, nine point six rebounds, six point three assists, and one point four steals. That's against the Celtics in the first round. So I mean, guy was a guy was a stud. He's a rock star, dude. So He's besides a, a hamstring, always gives you games. He's just so yes. adorable. All right, so we're out of here on that. Um, not sure when we're gonna pod, but we're gonna be doing three week now. I think again, go to Rotor World, uh, go to our player news page. That is our bread and butter, and, and, and get that guy. That Get guy, the guide. Um, yeah, man. This pod's free. We do all this stuff for free. Uh, we would appreciate if you guys dropped. It'd be the best 20 bucks you ever spent. Um, that's like one trip to going out to eat or something. Um, get that, and you'll have 30 columns to read, rankings that are updated. Like, if you're into fantasy basketball, you listen to this podcast, um, I'm sure you'll appreciate the guide. Cool. So we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your week. Not sure when the next pod is, but it will be in the next few days. Probably when the Jimmy Butler trade goes down. We didn't talk about Jimmy Butler once today. Um, so we will talk about that. We'll talk about in the next 48 hours. When he oh, yeah. It's, it's going down. Yes. All right. So you guys take care. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, buddy.